0: to its time on CSN International. The Daily Teaching Ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to senior pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should
1: look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Well, if you have, again, your Bible, we're looking at Mark chapter 4, and let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, now as we endeavor to read it, that, Lord, we would remember these things. God, that we would hear these things, and we would apply them to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 21 is just a little bit of review, and then we'll go into some new ground. He says, Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not set on a lampstand? Therefore nothing is hidden which will not be revealed, nor anything that is kept secret that would not become to light. So if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, it's interesting that Jesus here is speaking concerning things done in secret. God uh, lets them be known. Not to destroy a person, but to help a person. You know, God's good favor is to reveal to the world that you love Him. And uh, so God doesn't want you to be somebody that uh, has been born again and then just stuck under a bed someplace or under a basket someplace. But you know, there's a world out here that needs to know about the Lord. And you know, God has a way of getting His message to those people through us, through you and me. And just simply by oftentimes being there every day, sometimes even through those uncomfortable circumstances we call living, uh, God uses those to minister to people. Now, you know, it's not always uh, sharing our faith when everything is going our way. Sometimes it is remaining a Christian even in the, in the midst of adversity. And friends, let me tell you something. There's not a point, at least in my life that I've come to yet, in being a Christian for 40 years, that I don't still have adversity in my life. There's still those things in my life that, that rub me the wrong way that sometimes I cry out and say, God, where are you? I don't know if anybody else here relates with that. But you know what? I think part of honesty is for us to say, you know, God, I need your help and I can't figure this out. And you know what? God says all along, that's what I want from you. I want to be your heavenly father and you're my child. And, you know, sometimes I think God allows things to come to us so that he'll get our attention. So we'll keep going back to him. It isn't just, well, Lord, thanks for eternal life. See you next, <laughs> see you next lifetime. God wants us to come to Him on a daily basis. This is what Jesus, when He taught the disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And in the midst of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we understand that it's something that God wants us to do on a daily basis, and that's come to Him. And so because of that, people see your life, and they see the different things that you go through, and because of that, they say, hey, this is a Christian, they're in a tough situation, and they still love God. Or if they have failed in their love for God, they still came back to God. Or there is a second chance, even if you mess up, or a third, or a fourth, or a fifth chance. You see, again, friends, I believe this is one of the reasons why Jesus, again, encouraged us to let our light shine. Because we'll be seeing a people... And those people that, that are watching us, those people are brought closer to the kingdom of heaven because of your life. And that's a neat thing and a neat purpose to know that in eternity, you made an impact. You made a, 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 something that determines something in somebody else's life uh, throughout eternity. And friends, that's the most important thing you can do with your life is to have an eternal impact on someone. So Jesus says in verse 24, he said to them, then take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. Jesus is saying, be careful what you listen to. <laughs> you know the reason why he said, be careful what you listen to? Because there's a lot of stuff you hear that ain't real. There's a lot of stuff you hear that's goofy. We're studying on the life of David. And uh, uh, we remember that Absalom uh, killed one of uh, his brothers. Well, the message got back to David that Absalom has killed all the brothers. <laughs> David... Tore his clothes and... I mean, he went into big-time distress. And you know, the truth was... Absalom only killed the, the brother that raped his uh, his half-sister. So, um, um, you know, you look at this and you realize... There's a lot of information out there, friends... Whether in the Bible... That the Bible warns us about... Or whether in daily life that we need to be careful of. That's why, again, there's so many things... You know, we talk today about everybody being so open-minded... And into new ideas and avenues and thoughts and theories and things. You know... Well, what if Jesus was really an alien who landed in a field, you know? And we got these people that have these different ideas. Listen, be careful, Jesus said, what you hear. Because what you hear, if that's ingested into your life, I mean, sometimes it's unavoidable to hear weird stuff. But don't let it be ingested into your mind and into your soul, because that can tamper with the way you view life or view God. Again, we understand that the devil is working overtime to distort the truth of God's Word. And so that's one of the reasons why he does these things. So I want to just encourage you this morning, everything that you hear, work it against God's Word. See what it says in comparison to God's Word. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, friends, you know it's false. So when you hear different ideas, people say, Well, uh, Jesus was one of many gods, Buddha and Muhammad, all these were all gods too. You can work it against the Word of God. What does John 3.16 say? God so loved the world that He set what? His only begotten Son. Jesus only had one Son. So any religions or whatever that say God had many sons, uh, uh, that there's many different ways to Christ or, or, or to God, well, we, we know from the Word of God that that's going to be categorically dismissed because of what the Bible says. The Bible always takes precedence over anything else that we would hear. Now... Always to understand, people say, well, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Friends, you can if you take it out of context, and you can make you say anything if you take what you say out of context. And I don't think anybody here likes to be taken out of context. I think there's always a, a pretext for the text, whatever it might be. Uh, and so, I, again, uh, the old 2020 rule on the Bible. Read 20 verses before and 20 verses after. You know, 2020 is supposed to be like really good eyesight. Um, 20 verses before and 20 verses after, the verse in question, and that'll pretty much clarify what it's talking about. A lot of people, Jesus, we remember in the Gospels, Jesus said, some of you standing here uh, will not die till you see the Son of Man coming in His glory. Uh, and so people go, well, what does that mean? It's very interesting, the very next verse of the very next chapter talks about when Jesus went up on the mountain and he was transfigured before them, and Moses and Elijah were there as well. And Peter said, Oh Lord, it's good that we're here. Let us build three tabernacles, little worship places. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, I still don't know how Peter knew Moses and Elijah. Were they wearing name tags? I don't know. These are just things I wonder about. Probably, though, what I think happened there is he probably Elijah, or maybe Jesus was saying, Moses, Elijah, you know, they were talking like that, and so that's how they knew who they were. Uh, because, again, they didn't have photographs in those days. They didn't have paintings in those days. Peter didn't go, hmm, yeah, you're Moses, all right. I remember the picture. No, no. I, I believe it's because they were conversing one with another. But what's interesting there is that is that the very next verse explains, some of you will not die to see the Son of Man coming in his glory. Then we find Jesus transfigured before them in the next couple of verses, and Moses and Elijah were with him. That's what Jesus meant when he was talking about that. So, again, always read 20 verses before, 20 verses after. Will a lot of times clarify the question that you might have. But you know, friends, a lot of times people will tear a a, a verse out of of context... ...and make a pretext of it. And here's the problem with that. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So afterwards, we're all going to start robbing them all. That's what we're going to do. Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. No, that's not what it means at all. It means that we can do all things through Christ... In Christ Jesus, if you read the verses around it, that's what it's speaking of. You say, well, Mike, that seems so elementary. Do you know how many cults start because of tearing verses out of context? It's amazing. Well, Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Because not everything you hear is going to be beneficial for you. And if you've been diligent with what you have heard that makes you grow and develop in the Lord, then more is going to be given to you. And you'll have a better foundation of what you're doing. So no one rips you off. People say, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe, really. Well, yeah, it does. Because if you believe something that embondages your soul or wrecks your family or destroys your life, you bet. Now, the reason why we don't do certain things is because we know that certain things will wreck us or hurt us or whatever. You know, we don't... I remember one time when I was a kid. Nickel wafers? Nickels. They've got to be the same. I ate a nickel. At least that was worth five cents once. But the thing is, is that is that, um, you know, not everything we eat is going to be beneficial to us. And there's warnings that tell us not to do certain things. And the things that it tells us not to do, if we violate that, we pay a consequence. We know that we don't, um, you know, drive uh, 80 miles an hour and hit trees. I mean, that, that's really unhealthy. Well, the, the thing is, why? Because we know the, the laws of thermodynamics and time, space, and matter and how it can really uh, rearrange you and your car. Well, again, with what you believe spiritually has the same thing. If you believe that you're just evolved sludge, lightning hit a swamp and a bunch of squiggly things happen and out pops you, well, you know what? Life is going to be pretty cheap. And so when you stop, stop to think that this is what the kids in our schools are being taught, that you're just a cosmic accident and you're just an evolved monkey, well, no wonder kids act like apes. It's because that's what they've been taught, friends. If you believe that you have to earn your way to heaven by doing a lot of really righteous stuff and and, and being good and, and, and you know, eating Twinkies and wearing blue and things like that. Well, the problem is you're always going to be trying to earn what God's already given you. See, the Bible talks about what's called the assurance of salvation. And the assurance of salvation is simply this. I, you, we go to heaven because Jesus Christ died on the cross and our faith is in him. He clothes us with His righteousness. Do you know why He has to close us with His righteousness? Because we don't have any clothes. We're dirty. The Bible says any holiness that you or me may ever have has come from Him. What we do then is because we love God, we let our life conform to His to show that God is alive in us. And the same things that Jesus did in blessing people and helping people and ministering to people is the same things that we want to do as well. So we understand then that God's got a purpose and a plan and a design for all of us. And so to fulfill those things and be in those things, you know, but again, if we just take something that we hear and run with it, friends, we can wreck our lives. And again, you don't know how many people you have been around that you'll be with this week at your job or at your street or maybe summer school or something like that, whose lives have been wrecked by something that they were told, something that they believed. Now, friends, it comes in many different packages. It can come in the form of religion. It can come in the form of investments. It can come in the form of uh, great deals that weren't a great deal after all. Old saying I heard one time, but it was a good deal today, it'll be a good deal tomorrow. Just something to think about. But you know, there's a lot of things out there that people believe and buy into that wreck their life. But you know, when you begin to be able to discern what is acceptable and non-acceptable based upon what the Bible says, and that's why we read line upon line, Uh, precept upon precept, as Isaiah says is the way we should read the Bible, you're going to know what to reject and what to keep. You're going to know what to embrace and what to to stay away from. And those people, Jesus said, who's ever been given, are going to be given more. That's kind of a neat promise from God, that He's going to enrich you and bless you and give you what you need. Well, look what He goes on to say here. Whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You, You know why? Because it's the poison that wrecks your life. You know, it's like a person saying, I got a whole pocket of jelly beans. You want one? Well, yeah. Oh, I was out in the shop and one fell in the pesticides. I put it back in my pocket. Do you still want some? Well, no, I might get the one that dropped in in the poison. Well, yeah, but the rest of them are okay. It ain't the good ones, friends, that get you. It's the one that's poison is the one that'll direct your life. And so Jesus said, if you've been faithful in the little, you're gonna be, you're gonna be blessed. And if you haven't been, even what you have will be taken away. See, again friends, I believe this is so important because truth is not something arbitrary. Truth is real. And truth is something that you stake your life upon and what you base your life upon and how you raise your family and how you raise your kids and what you value in life and how you value your business. Now, whether it is, if, if you work for somebody here, then that whoever you work for is your boss. If, if you're self-employed, then, then the public is your boss. Sometimes it's easier just to have one than a whole lot. But, you know, if you no matter who you work for, what you do, you're employed by someone. And again, what type of business you have and what, what your ethics are. All these things are all important. This is what Jesus is talking about. Verse 26. And he said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed on the ground, and should keep uh, and and should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed should sprout, grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself: first the blade, then the head, then after the full grain uh, of head, uh, full grain of harvest. And but what is uh, but when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. Now this is Jesus is saying something here interesting. He said, Look, he said, It's like this. It's like harvesting and it's like sowing seed. In those days, because it was an agricultural society, Jesus is saying it's like a guy that goes out and, and should sow some seed someplace. And then he goes to bed and gets up. And, and meanwhile, that seed takes off and starts growing. He don't know how it works. It just does. You know, we completely don't exactly understand how that is anyway. But deep inside those little seed is its program, what it is, whether it's going to be a corn plant or a tree or whatever it is. You know, that's all inside that seed and it begins to grow. Well, friends, I, 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 as we look at this, Jesus is speaking about, be careful what you hear. Listen, when you listen to the word of God, it goes into your soul and it begins to grow. And you know what? I don't exactly know what it's going to do, but I know this, it's going to change your life. I don't exactly know when you put a, pe- a seed in the ground. If, if somebody had a bunch of seeds and they said, here, plant these. Well, what are they? I don't know. You're going to have to wait until they grow to find out. You ever done that gun into the store and they had all those discount seeds from last year? The seeds don't know. They don't know they're a year old. They found seeds from the pyramid. They plant them and they grew. 2,000, 3,000 year old seeds grow. They don't know. And how that can happen, friends, that's a mystery. Well, Jesus is saying it's the same thing with the Word of God. It goes in your soul. And people say, well, I read the Bible, but I don't know that it's doing anything. No, just like the farmer doesn't know when he plants a seed out there, and it all of a sudden takes off and starts growing. Friends, what we sow in our life has an effect in our life. And friends, this is why I believe Jesus is saying here, be careful with what you hear. You know, a lot of times we don't realize the damage that we do to ourselves when we subject ourselves to, I think, a lot of times violence. There's a lot of violence in movies and stuff like that. And I'm not, I, you know, whatever movies you got, that's between you and the Lord. But I'm just saying that there are things that we can do that will move us closer to God. And there are things that we can do that will take us farther away from God. And we don't always know what it's going to do when it's happening to us. People read the Bible and they go oh yeah, I read the Bible today. Okay, that's good. And away they go. But you know what? That seed went in the heart. And it begins to grow. And it's going to have an effect. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But it will have an effect in your life. Because the Bible says the word of God does not return void. Or without impact in your life. Now I look at this also, friends, in the way we see a lot of times in our society today. As we see violence. And we've almost been conditioned to violence. That now we see violence and we don't even get upset over it anymore. It's just kind of, you know, that's just part of life. Well, well I think a lot of times what we tolerate today would never have been tolerated years ago but because we've been conditioned by it it's having its effect. Well friends let me tell you. Jesus is saying here be careful what you hear because what you hear has an effect on you and just as seed goes in the ground and begins to grow and the farmer just goes about his daily task but meanwhile that seed's growing so when you sow the word of God into your soul that begins to have its effect and it will change the way you look at life. It'll change the way you look at yourself. It'll change the way you look at others, and it'll change your concept of who God is. You know, a lot of times people have these concepts of God, friends, that are really strange. You know, that He's a big, out, unknowable force out there. Or He's like an old man with a long, flowing beard, with, you know, reaching out across the Sistine Chapel, touching men's fingers, with a pair of rose-colored sunglasses. You know, people have goofy concepts of God. But you know, when you get back to what the Bible says, you find that, first of all, God loves you. And God understands what you're going through. In so much, the Bible says that He sent His only Son, that you would believe in Him, that you would not perish, but ha- you'd have everlasting life. Now, all of Old Testament, all of man, wanted to know, what is God like? What's God really like? What if God was one of us? Okay. Well, the thing is, He did. He did. And he became one of us. And you know, as he lived a sinless life, the result of that was that he was crucified, friends. But Jesus, that's the reason he came, was to die for us in our place. Again, so that we would be found in him. We'd have eternal life. So again, understanding what you hear, and just as you read things sometimes, you say, well, I went to church, and they, that, that guy up there read the Bible, but I really didn't completely understand everything. Well, listen, it'll have its effect in your heart. It'll begin to grow. You know, your subconscious is a funny thing. Isn't your subconscious? Did anybody have one of those? You know, have you, ever, have you ever had an issue? Guys are like this probably more than girls. But girls are like this too. You know, you'll have something that you're trying to figure out. Like you're trying to build something, you don't know how to do it, and so you kind of you kind of just kind of think about it for a little bit, and then you go off and you go do something else, and then meanwhile your subconscious is still working on that problem, even though you're water skiing or maybe you're at work doing something else. And meanwhile your subconscious, and all of a sudden you go, I know how to do that. Does that relate with anybody here? Or just me? Yeah, our brains don't shut off. It's an incredible thing, and and all of a sudden you realize that. Friends, that's your subconscious working. I think your subconscious works on things concerning the Spirit of God. And those things that oftentimes, well, I went to church and we sang some songs and I read the Bible and and I left. But you know what? There's seed that was sown there that grows and takes hold in your heart to keep you from allowing your life to get ripped off. Verse 30, let's go to it. He said to them, to what shall I like in the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we paint a picture of it? It's like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs. It shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may lodge in its uh, shade, or, or lodge in its, uh, uh, they may nest in its, in its branches and in its shade. And with many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable he did not speak to them, And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Now, again, friends, the reason why Jesus did this was because to take something super spiritual that God is into, and to put it into a picture that we understand as human mortals, friends, that's why Jesus spoke to them in parables, so that they would understand a spiritual principle in something simple. Now, sometimes, moms and dads, I know when you talk to your kids, you give your kids parables. Now, honey... We can't eat hot fudge Sundays morning, noon, and night because if you, if we do, you'll look like a hot fudge Sunday. And the little kid goes, okay, you know, they, they understand that, you know. Now, will they really look like a hot fudge Sunday? No, they may feel like one, but they won't look like one, okay? But the thing is, we take a simple principle and we put it in something that they can understand. Well, again, Jesus is saying here, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Now, a mustard seed, just to let you know, in Israel. Now, we have the mustard tree here in America, North America. That's not what it's speaking of. A mustard plant in Israel looks like an Idaho sagebrush. That's kind of what it looks like. And so it says it's one of the smallest seeds, but when it grows, it grows into a tree and becomes abnormally large. So first of all, you have abnormal growth concerning the mustard seed. But then Jesus said something interesting. He says, then the birds come and lodge in its branches and make nests there. Now, friends, what that's speaking of is this. The kingdom of God is a powerful thing. We just got done reading about whoever has, more will be given to, and begins to grow. And, and God's family begins to grow. But you know what? There is The Bible, that's why it says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, talks about some people that were doing some really evil things. They were really mean. And they weren't trying to repent from their sins. They were, sin, they, they were sinful, and they were flaunting their sin in the church. And it was so bad that Paul says, listen, you need to remove these people and turn them over to the devil. And don't sit there and, and tolerate them in the name of love because of their, of their full-blown, open, deliberate wickedness. Now, friends, there's not a person in this room or watching today that, that, that in one way or another, we can say we haven't got something going on in our life. Every one of us do. But, you know, we ask God to help us and deal with that and change our heart and those kinds of things. That's what God wants from us in our lives. But this guy, I, 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 what he was doing, he was sleeping with his mother. And, and, and this is in Corinthians 5. See, see, the Bible is x-rated. Some of you didn't know that. And, and so anyway, Paul says, listen, you shouldn't be tolerating this. Now, it's hard to say what was going on. But it's probably a stepmom. They were coming to church. And probably there in the chairs or under the tree or whatever. He probably has his arm around her. And this is during a church service. And he's sitting there smooching with his mother. And Paul says, listen. He goes, now, it's one thing to have issues in your life and have God work on them. But to be openly flamboyant about your sin, he goes, don't tolerate that. Turn turn them over to the enemy. Well, when you move outside of the family of God, friends, there's a lot of wolves out there. A lot of lies and a lot of things that are really bad. And, and, and you know, the Bible talks about there's protection in numbers. In fact, Proverbs says that the reason why a neighbor lives close to you is for protection. A lot of times we see that. Especially, I'm going to move out and get my 40 acres and I got my house right in the middle. And then pretty soon people start moving in around. What are you all doing? I came from L.A. and that's what I tried to get away from. The, The Bible says the reason they live close to you is for protection. You know, they can watch your stuff. You know, that's kind of the idea. Well, there's protection with other people and there's protection in the body of Christ. Because there's the Word of Knowledge and the Word of Wisdom and all the different works of the Spirit that, that can't keep the church going the way it's supposed to be going in the right direction it's supposed to be going. And, and to fill the church with love and to remind you, you need to be loving. And the thing is, Paul says, listen, if this person doesn't want to enjoy the blessings and the protection of God because he wants to be openly bragocious about his sin, that's a micism. but anyway, put him out of the church.
0: Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian Walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time.